Welcome to Miracles in the Middle, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary stories of individuals navigating adversity and challenges in life. This podcast focuses on highlighting those who are in the midst of their journey, making remarkable progress towards their goals despite the obstacles they face. Our aim is to share the narratives of those who've discovered strength amidst difficulty and inspire others who may be experiencing similar situations. Whether you or someone you know is dealing with a challenging circumstance, we invite you to join us on this journey. Miracles in the Middle is a haven of hope, resilience, and community, where we celebrate the power of the human spirit to triumph over even the greatest of challenges. All right. Welcome to Miracles Miracles in in the the Middle. middle. (laughs) Um, My name is Elizabeth Taylor. I'm going to be your host. And I'm going to be your co-host, Jared Swanson. And we are so excited you all are here. If you hear me laughing, it's because we've been agonizing over um, what we want to to call this because it's a very meaningful podcast and the content and everything is so important. And I wanted to make sure it's something that really makes sense and hits home with everyone. So um, yeah, I'm excited about it so far. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before we get going here, we should probably share a little bit yeah. about who we are. Uh, so Elizabeth, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah. So my name is Elizabeth Taylor. I live in the Nashville area with my family. Um, my husband and I have been married for 20 years this year, and we have two teenagers. Our son is about to turn 18 um, on March 10th. Can't believe that's coming up so fast. And then I'm, we have a daughter named Chloe. Is um, She's going to be 15 in April. So a couple of teenagers and a cute little dog, and we live in Thompson Station, so right outside of the Nashville area. Um and yeah, I've been in real estate now for about six years and yeah, living the dream. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm Jared Swanson and I also live here in the uh, Nashville area. Um, now I'm trying to think, I'm coming up on four years of marriage. Um, oh, not uh, too far behind me. Not too far. <laughs> a baby, we've got a baby due, in, uh, baby due in June. Uh, we've got a sweet dog. Um, and so we are, we're just loving life, Emma and I. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and, and I'm about three years in the real estate industry, which is how um, Elizabeth and I first mm-hmm. met. Um, and just it's it's just cool to see our worlds come together and have mm-hmm. shared vision for this podcast mm-hmm. and kind of put on our hearts um, individually mm-hmm. and just kind of share. Okay, wow, we've that's very similar to what I was mm-hmm. thinking about doing. And um, you know, I, I talked to you, Elizabeth, about six or so months ago. That's how I first got to know you and heard your story, which we're gonna you know share in this first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, why don't you share a little bit, a bit Elizabeth, about more of kind of uh, the vision for yeah. this podcast? So I was on Jared's podcast, you know, about six months ago or so, like he said, and it was interesting, you know, we were on it to talk about real estate, but it quickly turned into, um, other topics. And, you know, as I share some of my story in a little bit, it will make more sense, but just talking about like overcoming obstacles in your life and learning to see them differently than just an obstacle that's in your way. But maybe that's something that you can overcome. So the more we talked about this, I told Jared how I had this vision for, um, you know, wanting to just hear stories of courage because the things that I've walked through have taken a lot of courage to overcome and to just get through. And they're, they're not over either. I'm still in the middle, which is part of, you know, the reason we're naming the podcast miracles in the middle. Um, but just, um, I just went blank. <laughs> no, and, and it's so true. And, and, uh, when you were on, um, yeah. the, that show, it, 
people, it res- your story resonated with a lot of people. People reached out wow. and, and saying how motivated it was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, kind of fast forward, you know, a few months later, I was training for a half marathon and I kept looking for more stories mm. myself that um, half marathon is, you know, it, it's not the hardest thing in the world to do, but I was finding inspiration when I was mm-hmm. running on hearing other people's story. Like if they could do these things and truly mm. I could do this. Um, you know, I personally have been um, thankful to not have anything, you know, super <laughs> crazy happen to me personally, you know, family and all that. It was different. But um, but I really get inspired mm-hmm. um, to be a better person, be a better man, listening to other people's stories. Yeah. And so I know what you mean. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we connected is um, going back to just hearing stories of courage, because with what I deal with, which I'll share about in just a minute here. But it automatically just draws people who are also going through similar things or just going through hard things in general, and they feel like you understand them. So I have quite a collection of people in my life, just amazing people who I admire so much who are also battling really difficult things. And I um, want to have them on, and we're going to interview them together um, and hear their stories of courage, of how they are getting through the middle places in life, because that's truly the part you don't hear a lot about. People will talk about their diagnosis with something, and then they'll talk about, you know, maybe the end, you know, if they beat cancer or things like that. But the middle places, I said to someone the other day, is where the magic is. And maybe magic is different than the way you thought of it before, but um, things happen in the middle. That's where movement is. That's where transformation is. There's a lot that happens in the middle places. So um, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because there's a lot that happens that we could easily miss or skip over if we're trying to just journey to the end and we miss the important things that happen in the middle And so that's why I think it's going to be important as we hear stories from others um, that they're able to share that. And I think you all are going to enjoy the interviews a lot. We are so excited to go out there and interview people. I already have several friends lined up. One of my friends is quadriplegic. Another one is um, newly deaf. And just those two stories right there. And a a friend who um, is battling for her life just to stay alive. And so three stories right there that I cannot wait to interview them. So you all, I think, are going to love um, the future podcast, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, and yeah. I think that's a, a great segue to yeah. get started here You know, with your story, Elizabeth. Yeah, um, yeah why don't you just take us back to, to the beginning, yeah. and um, you know, I'll, I'll interject here and there with, yeah. with some you know, questions I might have or, or curiosities, and yeah, um, yeah let, let's, uh, let's go. Yeah, so basically, I, I got married young. I got married at 19, and um, my husband was 25. And we moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado, soon after we got married and had our first baby when um, I was still 22. And then um, at 24, I started having, um, or actually I was 23 because it took a little bit to get diagnosed, but I started having like these weird symptoms going on in my body and my eyesight was being really funky and I had numbness throughout my body. And um, to be honest, with my eyesight loss that was happening, I was really concerned I had a brain tumor. And I remember calling my mom and just saying, are you always gonna be there for me no matter what? Like I was really scared because I didn't know what was going on and it was in the middle of getting um, the appointments with the doctor's office and figuring that out and getting the MRI. Um, And so come to find out, you know, the doctor called me on the phone one day and that's how I found out about my diagnosis, but she told me I had multiple sclerosis. And so the very first thing I did, which is not something I recommend, is I went and I Googled it. Yep. 
And kid you not, if you go Google multiple sclerosis, um, it talks about people being in wheelchairs. And um, I was terrified. I will never forget how I felt sitting in my house in Colorado Springs that day. My husband wasn't even able to be with me when I received my diagnosis. And I was just sitting all alone in my townhome where we lived there. Um, I guess my son was there because he was about a year old. And just that really, really lost feeling. Um, and just that feeling like, what in the world is my life going to become? And I share that because I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. Those really, really dark moments where you honestly are not sure that, you know, I don't want to say not worth going on, but it does make you feel like, what in the world is my life going to be? And I was just, I remember going to the YMCA that night and walking around the track and just like thinking, how long am I going to be able to do this? Like it really shook me to the core. I guess I would anyone. It's a pretty yeah. serious thing to, to hear something like this. And the way that they find out that you have MS is that they do um, the MRI and they can see on your brain and your spinal cord and everything um, if you have scarring happening there and I already had started to have some. So um, basically when you have a flare up with MS, you start to over time just lose function in your body and the neuro pathways cannot connect with each other and there's so much scarring like scabs covering it. Um, and that's what was happening to me and has continued to happen over the years. Um, and so that is why a lot of people then wind up in a wheelchair. They can't walk any longer because the neuro pathways are not connecting with each other and they're not able to connect and read each other well. Um, so yeah, that was back in 2004 and, um, you know, I actually know that was 2007. I'm not sure why I said 2004. I think it's a 24. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was oh, 24, 2007. I got diagnosed and here we are in 2023. It's been a really long journey and I'm still in the middle, I would say. And that is why I'm so passionate about connecting with others of you who are also in the middle. Cause I know that I'm not the only one. And the longer, you know, over the last 16 years or so, I just heard a, quite the collection of stories about others who are like, me too, me too. You know, a lot of people are just going through difficult things. And I always say it's like a club you didn't want to join. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. So how do we make the best of it? Um, and so it's been super life changing um, to battle this. I haven't always had a smile on my face, but um, I'm doing a lot better than I was before. You know, I think one of the secrets of MS is learning to care for yourself well. And I think going through this journey and this diagnosis has really taught me to, um, I had to take better care of myself physically, mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually, um, and kind of hit all four of those components if I wanted to have any success. Um, but I'd always had this, um, thought in my head that I would be wheelchair bound by 35. You can tell like that really is mm. not being able to walk. I'm a pretty busy person. I like yeah. to get around and not be able to walk like really has scared me over the years. And so I've really had to get that fear out of my head first of all and realize somebody said to me the other day, they, they're like, even if you were in a wheelchair, you'd still be okay, wouldn't you? And I was like, oh yeah, I would. I would, I would make it work. Yeah, I totally would make it work. And I want to touch on something you said that that moment that you you found out. And I feel like yeah. that, that could be, um, you know, someone listening to this mm -hmm. right now, because we've all had moments in our life where we can distinctly remember yes. certain things where we either receive news or something happens in the moment where it's life altering, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, if you don't mind just kind of taking us back yeah. a little more to that and kind yeah. of your emotions and kind of how totally. you were able to, um, you know, just progressively um, get your hope up. And even I, mean, yeah. I, I, how do you even deal with that? You know? Yeah, I know it's, you know, now that I'm 16 years in, I have to kind of step back and think about that, but I can 
you know, bring it back pretty easily in my mind and my heart because it was just so heavy. Um, I remember like it was one of the most, it was the most life-changing thing I've ever been through. And it's crazy. I, I would have been so overwhelmed back then if I had thought about, oh my gosh, when you're 40 years old, which I am right now, you're still going to be battling this. And I am. But what I didn't realize um, was that it was going to be also a beautiful thing. So not just a hard thing, but a beautiful thing. And it's been extremely hard. It's been hard to walk a lot of days. It's been hard to um, take care of my kids, have a job, be feel successful. I, you know, not just be successful, just feel like I'm a success, like even to go work out. So in that moment, I just remember that feeling like, how am I going to go on? Um, and I did go through, you know, a time of depression for sure. I think a lot of people do, you know, when you get that diagnosis, your brain is trying to orient itself and figure out what's going on. Who am I? How do I live with this? And, um, you know, it just, it, it really just shook me to the core. So I just remember going on and like not really knowing where to start. And, you know, I, I think when I first found out I had lost my eyesight in my left eye. And so, and my depth perception was off. So, you know, I'm looking straight ahead and it feels like you're looking down a hill almost. It's just wild when your wow. depth perception is like missing. Um, but it took me about, actually it took about two years, but I got that depth perception back. I got my eyesight back in a few months period. Um, but then it took me a couple of years to get my depth perception back, which is a big deal when you live in Colorado and you want to go hiking and it yeah. really just kind of throws you off a little bit um, to try to go outside and hike and um so anyway, I think I just spent the next few years, um, I would have flare up after flare up. And that seemed to be my biggest challenge was trying to get all these flare ups under control. So a flare up, like I said before, is like you can lose your eyesight. You can use lose the, the use of your legs for a little bit. You can just get so much numbness and tingling and just it's kind of like it's paralyzed. Um, I've had that happen several times. There was one point in 2013 that I lost the use of my right arm and hand and um, it took three months till I could get any feeling back in it at all. And you can do that for those of you who don't know much about MS. You can do that by going and doing um, maybe 3000 milligrams of steroids over a period of like three days. So basically what they're doing is shutting down your immune system and restarting it to try to get your immune system like to fire up a little bit more and work. Um, and I remember 2013, for example, being probably the hardest year I've walked through Um because, you know, I lost the complete use of my hand. I remember one time I, you just, your brain still thinks you can do things. So I remember holding a coffee cup in my hand and I heard a crash and I looked down and it had fallen off my hand and I didn't even know it. Uh -huh. So, you know, that was 10 years ago. So I was 30 years old and trying to figure out how to function without my hand. And you don't have any, um, guarantee either that you're going to get feeling and movement back in that hand or whatever body part it is that you're struggling with. So I remember going and getting hand therapy um, and like literally learning to connect my fingers like this. I couldn't do any of this even, just really simple neurological stuff. But basically I had to reteach myself how to use those that body part again, my hand. Um, and so I think, you know, just over the years, I've really had to um, continually come to grips with this because just when you think everything's settled, you could have a flare up if you're not paying attention and keeping everything in check, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically, yeah. it feels like I have to do things pretty perfectly, wow. you know, to keep my body running the way that it needs to, or else, you know, I could have a flare up and that I probably have had six to eight flare ups 
over the last, what did I say? It's been 16 years since I started battling this. Um, and so, you know, just really learning how to navigate that has been really, really challenging. And it's taken me a long time to get that under control. Um, so going back to my second child. So I was diagnosed a year after I had my son. So 2007. Um, and I was told not to have any more kids either. And so um, I really wanted another baby. And so we had another yeah. baby. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. I was really, really glad. And I always, you know, just call her my miracle baby because I wasn't supposed to have any more because they knew that after you have a pregnancy, how badly it can flare you up. And sure enough, you know, after I had my daughter, I flared up so badly that I lost all the feeling in my legs. And so here I am with a, a new baby and a toddler and hardly able to care for them because I'm just limping around, don't have hardly any feeling in my legs. Um, and I slept a lot. I was really sick, actually. So um, I always say I'm almost the complete opposite to a lot of people who battle MS that I've actually gotten better and not worse. And so I've kind of learned a lot of secrets along the way, like ways to care for myself better, especially in my thirties, um, that could help me to stay on my feet. Were you always, um, I feel like mentally you mm -hmm. have to be strong and you have to yeah. learn to be strong, you know, with all these ups and downs, um, is that, was there a turning point where, you know, you're like, you know, I'm not going to let this, you know, control me. Yeah. Um, and when it does happen, I'm going to change the narrative and, mm -hmm. you know, not um, let that depression or let that, uh, those negativity, you know, negative thoughts set in. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I did not have any of these attributes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to fight these things and maybe fight is a wrong word, but I didn't know how to even navigate any of this really. I didn't even know how to find that willpower in me because, and this is why I tell people like when you're going through hard things, I'm actually encouraged for you because you are developing endurance and strength. And I didn't know that though, when I started battling this, if somebody had told me that I might've smacked them, I don't know. <laughs> Cause it's like kind of not what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, tell me I'm going to get better, right. you know, well, it, not tell me I'm going to get stronger. Yeah. It um, goes back to, you know, James one, chapter yeah. one, where when, when you're facing the hard yeah. thing, get excited because there's something good <laughs> on the other end of that. And that's so hard to be in that mindset. Yeah. You know, it's counterintuitive to what we all think. It totally is. That's a really good point. So I would say it was so basically, let me say, let me back up and say we lived in Colorado Springs when I got diagnosed. And then we moved here in 2015. And I actually noticed a turning point in 2016 where I developed a lot of gratitude. And I'd always, I actually have a lot of blogs out there that I wrote even before we came to Nashville. And I, you know, I see the younger me and I was doing a good job navigating it and figuring out, I think I was in a grief process a lot at that point and really grieving my losses and grieving what I may not have in my future that I really wanted to have. But there was this turning point in 2016 where I developed this desire to um, just have a thankful heart. And I, I remember even having a sign in my house that said, there is always, always, always something to be thankful for. And I remember developing that mindset. And I would say, actually, that is what changed me mm -hmm. is um, 
I mean, it can move me to tears because it's so powerful to realize you could be walking through the darkest place and there's still something to be thankful for and learning to see life that way instead of um, griping, instead of complaining and just wishful thinking that this wasn't happening. But learning to be thankful um, was a really simple thing. But I think it talks about that in the scriptures, too, where um, doing that actually changes us. It changes us when we, and it actually changes our brain. There's like a lot of neuroscience out there. If you can learn to be thankful um, and teach yourself to find the good in things and not just look for it. Because for whatever reason, they say in neuroscience as well that we're, we're inclined to think negatively. So we literally have to teach ourselves to think positively. Um, and I would say like doing that and starting that practice in 2016 has absolutely changed me. It's absolutely changed me. It's changed the way that I look at the world. Um, and it's changed the way I kind of look at what I have to offer the world instead of just, you know, feeling like a total failure. Yeah. And is that something um, you choose every day when you wake <laughs> up? Because it's, we could wake up and, you know, it's two o'clock. We kind of, yeah. for, you know, we, life is busy and, and things happen. And I feel like it's, it's sometimes, um, for me, silly to write out, you know, affirmations mm -hmm. or things like that. But like you were saying, your mind, when you say, I can't do these things, you're going to start not doing those things because right. of, of what you're saying. But is there, is yeah. there something that you, um, like your mindset when you wake up every morning? Yeah, I would say it's like a muscle that you have to work and strengthen. Um, and it starts, and the reason I say that is because it becomes more natural. It's just a part of me now that I just feel thankful. And when people come to me with their problems, I'm able to like, hey, consider this, you know, maybe this is happening, you know, and that will benefit you down the road. But as an example, just recently, I, um, I, I tried acupuncture and it made me flare, my, oh, made wow. all my symptoms flare up really badly. And all of a sudden, all the improvement I had felt in my legs and my feet, because this is just an ongoing journey. And I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't go away. It's, I'm battling this every day. But it flared up and it showed me very quickly, like, oh my goodness, I was starting to improve a lot because all of a sudden I went backwards. So that was one thing I discovered that I could be positive about is like, okay, this little setback actually showed me that I've been moving forward more than I realized because it wasn't until I felt so much new numbness and tingling in my in my legs and my feet especially that I realized, oh my goodness, I was improving a lot. And fortunately, I'm getting back to that because I quit the acupuncture. Okay. I've been trying to stay. I've been doing my IVs weekly and things like that to try to get back to where I was to my new baseline yeah. that I was enjoying. But and the reason I say all this is in the middle of dealing with that setback just a few weeks ago, I realized... Um, I felt that muscle have to flex, like to be thankful for and to think, okay, what are the good things that can come out of this? And I just had to tell myself, you're going to see the other side. And I've told myself that a lot. I guess the other side means to me that there will just be better days coming. And I don't know what that always looks like, but I just, as I've had ebbs and flows with my flare-ups, I'll have the beginning of a flare-up and the end of a flare-up and then just be feeling a lot better. So I remember that muscle kicking in just a few weeks ago when I was really scared. And I was like, okay, wait, listen. I'm like talking to myself. Okay, wait, listen, you know, it's going to get better. It's not going to always be like this. And so those are some of the messages I've had to tell myself that have helped me to overcome this on a regular basis um, because it doesn't go away and it ebbs and flows. But you got to have those messages that you tell yourself and be speaking truth to yourself and positivity, you know, and encouragement. Um, yeah. And so. you've, it's your, um, you know, your experience probably is not the right word, but you've dealt with in the past. Yeah. You know, it's on the other side. True. Yeah. If you stick to it 
it's, it's not gonna you're not gonna sit in this like if right. you if you continue to do the things that you did before mm-hmm. you know there is um, a better outcome um, yeah for, for someone maybe that is just beginning to deal with with some you know mm-hmm. challenge new challenge or hardship um, did you have a community early mm-hmm. obviously your your husband your family I'm sure played a massive role yeah um, maybe talk about because um, I feel like we, we go through the days and we pass through a lot of people. And we have no idea what they're dealing yeah. with. And a lot of times I feel like, well, I, we don't, we shouldn't share what we're you know going through. Everyone's got their own you know problems. Yeah. But once you bring it to light, bring anything to light, I think that's where the mm-hmm. healing really, uh, you know, occurs. So maybe just share a little bit about, you know, kind of yeah. you know, how you got um, a support system or, or mm-hmm. how you, you know, navigated yeah. that. You know, it's a, it's not an easy thing to find community and you really have to try and it might, your first try may not be the place where you feel like you can share, but I was so new to my journey and so lost. And I think one of the first things I did is reach out to other people um, who maybe I knew they had a friend or a cousin or somebody that had MS and get connected with some of those people and ask them about their journey. And by the way, I probably get one connection a week of people doing this with me now. So now I'm the guy. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. We have a place in our life where we are needing that and then a place where we give it to others. So now is my turn to give to others um, when they're getting newly diagnosed. So I found myself searching for that. And then I tried support groups um, back then. And it just was really negative and just... um, made me feel worse (laughs) about my diagnosis. It was a lot of older people and a lot of people that were pretty deep into their MS journey and not doing well. Most of them were wheelchair bound, all the things I was kind of afraid of. So I just discovered that those groups weren't the best for me, but it really, I really had to take a good hard look at my community and I did have to make some adjustments because not everyone can walk on a journey like that with you. It takes a special person who has some self-awareness and a way, you know, maybe places where they can encourage you. They really need to be like, have a good head on their shoulders. Um, So I would just say, you know, maybe looking for, if you have like one person in your life, even that could be that for you. And maybe even ask them, you know, like, can you come alongside me in my journey right now? I'm really struggling. Um, and I know it's so hard when you're newly diagnosed and I will never forget some of the depression I dealt with and some of the grief that you go through, just having such a life altering um, decision made that you're in the middle of and you just, you don't even know how to cope. So I would just say, just find one person that you feel like you can talk to, maybe bring them in on your struggles and try to share that with them. I know one thing that I'm even guilty of now is I will isolate sometimes when I'm struggling. I think it's a human thing. It is. Yeah. Go on your island and close the door and yeah, it's natural. I even had a situation last fall where it wasn't really health related. It was some other things I was wrestling through. I didn't even realize I was doing it, Mm. but I did it. I became isolated. I started, you know, struggling with, it was, it was career related stuff. And I just was feeling like a failure and just like, gosh, I just don't know if I'm cut out for this. I'm just not very good at this right now. And really struggling with some of my thinking. Um, and the reason I bring this up because a friend said to me, she's like, you need to learn and remember to bring people into your journey in the middle of it. Let us walk beside you. She's like, you don't need to come out of your isolation when you're doing better, which I think is a tendency we all have is, you know, somebody will post on Facebook or something like, I was struggling and now I'm doing better and getting back to our title. That is why the middle places are important. People don't talk about the middle places. 
But that's where things happen. That's where the growth happens. That's where transformation happens. That's where my transformation has been happening. Hasn't been in those bright moments of my life. It's been in the, some of the darkest moments where new things are formed in you and new ideas and new ways of doing life um, begin to grow in you because you become, maybe we have more of an open mind because we become desperate, you know, for a change or yeah. desperate for something to to just happen. Yeah, no, and I'm trying to think too right now. We were in that coffee shop and yeah. that, that gentleman said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to... You, you want me to say it? Yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I've said it several times to people. So we, yeah, Jared and I were having coffee last week or so, a couple of weeks ago. And this guy just randomly says to us, he wasn't even meeting with us. He was meeting with someone else. He's like, you know, testimonies come from your places of wounding, not your places of victory. And I was like, can you say that again? Yeah, write that down. <laughs> yeah, and but it's so true. yes, our testimonies come from like our deepest pain and our deepest hurts. That's where the growth is. If you picture like a garden growing, um, victories would be like the flowers that are blooming, but the darkness is where things are created. And so it's the things that nobody wants to think about, honestly, or talk about, which is why I'm really passionate about this podcast, because I want to talk about the things that people aren't talking about and how your darkest moments are going to be the places of change for you if you allow it. So it can be a really beautiful place of growth for you. Uh, and I feel like, too, we always look for the end, like mm-hmm. the, the everything. And then when the end comes, it's ne- maybe not as satisfying yeah. as we thought it was going to be. Right. And it's the moments, it's the journey along the yeah. way. It, it's the middle um, where you build those relationships. Yeah. And, and not everything is easy, um, but the, that's where the growth happens. Yeah, absolutely. True. So, you know, as I've been to kind of summarize the rest of my story, you know, here I am 2023, I'm 40 years old, been battling this disease now for 16 years or so, if my math is right. Um, I also was diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2018. And those kind of run together. Somebody said to me recently, I think Lyme disease in your body caused the MS. But whatever the case, at the end of the day, all that stuff just makes my head spin. All I know is that um, it's all neurological stuff that I'm battling and brain issues can be very intimidating. Um, So I had to really um, also learn to not be intimidated by brain issues and to learn to see it in a different light and learn to see it in a way that um, be like, you know what, that is something I can still conquer and something that I can still try to overcome and not, you know, it's not, I don't, I'm not powerless, I guess is the biggest thing. Cause I always felt in the past pretty powerless. And so learning that I'm not powerless, that yeah. we do, um, there's ways that we can take care of our bodies and our minds and our souls, um, that can impact us and bring health. And so, um, uh, the crux of my story, um, that is really important for me to share is that in 2017, um, after all these, these flare ups I had had, um, I went and I got a brain MRI at the encouragement of one of my doctors. And when they looked at my brain MRI, this neurologist said to me, I will never forget him saying, you're going to be the one third of the MS population that is severely disabled. And that was quite a sentence. (laughs) I was just like, in that moment, I literally felt like I was going back to my diagnosis day. I was devastated. So I took my MRI. I, I, there were several reasons I decided not to continue to see his office. I just felt like he was so discouraging that I'm mm-hmm. like, I just can't get the help I need from you, I don't think, or the encouragement that yeah. I can do this and keep walking. Um, so I took my MRI to another neurologist who I started seeing, and 
he looked at my MRI and he left the room and did some stuff. Um, and then he came in and he said, can you stand up and try to walk across the room? And I did like I, I do every day. And he just was like shaking his head. He's like, I, I can't believe you can walk at all right now. And that's a miracle. But he said, I don't think you're going to be able to walk very much longer. And that was probably the biggest moment I've had in my life besides the diagnosis day with two different doctors telling me that my ability to walk was probably over pretty soon. Um, so that I would say is my next level of growth I had in my life. It turned on a switch. Like it, in my mind, I just kind of felt like this is the moment. Like, am I just going to take this news? And a lot of people, when they're told news like this, just so you know, they will go out and they buy a wheel, wheelchair for mm. themselves to just prepare, which yeah. I don't I don't blame them or fault sure, them. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of felt like I'm either just going to accept this news or I'm going to stand up and fight. And I'd already been battling this, you know, for so many years, however many years that was. But I just felt like there was something deeper to it that it was my moment. Like I just needed to say enough is enough. Um, and so what really shook me was, you know, my kids were getting older and I had really looked forward to like having a career, trying something. And so I just really, you know, I prayed about it and just really felt like, well, with the years I have left walking, however long that is, I, I decided I was going to try to do real estate. And my neurologist, you know, even though he meant well, I'm sure was told me I probably wouldn't be able to pass the test because it would be too hard for me cognitively. Mm. And, um, it took me three tries, but I passed the test. Wow. Um, and then I began, you know, which I'm really thankful for. I began a really successful um, career in real estate. Yeah, you're killing it. Yeah, I'm really yeah. thankful for that. So it's a wild part of my story, like a twist. I didn't see coming at all. Yeah. I didn't see this coming. But what I've realized is even my years in real estate, real estate, the, the reason why people I think are drawn to me is my story. And my story is not unique. We all have a story. We all have something we have overcome. And I think the more we share our stories, the more powerful they become and the more impact you can have on others. Um, and the more you can just feel like you're making a difference in others' lives. And so I just really feel like that's one of the reasons I do well in real estate is because I'm able to share my story with others. I'm able to convey hope to them and encouragement because I've battled my own stuff, I can help others now battle their journey, whether it be with buying a house or, or whatever yeah. it is. Because a lot of people are walking through a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's pretty remarkable. Um, just you know what you've accomplished since 2017. You said, yeah, uh, with that. Yeah, and, you know, it's when a doctor tells you something, it, it's hard to <laughs> you know go against what yeah. what they say because you know they've spent 12 years in school and right. they know what they're doing you right. know and, and what not, do i know <laughs> yeah and not saying he doesn't know what they're doing but that's just kind of what yeah you know all right that i don't know just how, how do you get how did you shift out of that um <laughs> limiting limiting you know mindset um and why didn't you choose the wheelchair yeah you know i actually I remember going home for, it was, it was funny because I remember it was three days, um, which there's biblical connotations to that. So I thought that was interesting, but looking back, it was three days. I went home and, oh, it was probably like, I can still just feel the emotion of it. Um, cause it's only been like, you know, six years since I was told this. Um, but just having this moment of like deep, deep depression and deep despair, and then just on the third day, it was almost like this light bulb moment where I just had this thought in my mind, like, hold on, what if I choose not to believe this? What happens then? Yeah. And I don't know, like, 
I don't know like what would have happened. I do wonder though, if my mind played such a part in that, like if I had believed them and then gone down that journey, if indeed I might be in a wheelchair right now, but I chose a different road and there was a light bulb moment where I was like, hold on, I'm going to choose not to believe this. So actually in the show notes, I'd love to share that blog post um, from younger me yeah, <laughs> where absolutely. I where I wrote this out, what I was going through and it was in the depths of it. So it probably, it's, I don't know, I'd have to go see how I wrote it, but it would be fun to share that because I was in a deep grief moment at that time, but there was just something that woke up in me um, and I kind of, it gave me a new reason to live and I sort of felt like somebody had given me like another lease on life and I was just mm -hmm. gonna make the best of it. So I've discovered in myself that has caused me to live differently than a lot of people because I don't know how much time I have and I pray that I never do wind up in a wheelchair, but it's given me a reason to, to go for it. Yeah. And no more excuses, you know, I can't make excuses about life. Yeah. I need to just go for it with the time that I've been allotted. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of just turned on something in me and really woke me up. Yeah, it, it sounds like too you were cl uh, crystal clear in your why, mm -hmm. why, why are you getting up, why are you True. going against this? Yeah. You know, it, it's um, you know, it's challenging the status quo and taking control of yeah. your life. Yeah, and so I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's incredible to look back at my life in the last. Um, six years and see how far I've come. Um, people just say, tell me they don't recognize me anymore. I'm like, I don't recognize myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am, but you know, if you ever have that moment of great awakening, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, it's coming for you because we all have opportunities where we come to that fork in the road and we have to make a decision, which direction are we gonna go? Mm. Um, and I pray that you always choose the one that is life and truth. Um, and if you don't feel like you can find it, find someone in your life that can help you find that and encourage you. If you're just too deep in despair, um, find someone who can maybe offer you that encouragement and breathe life and hope into you because it's going to be the game changer for sure. That's it's been great. for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a, you know, good, good, uh, way to wrap up yeah. right there. Is there anything else that you would, you know, like to share or, um, you know, I guess, uh, provide more encouragement for, you know, um, I would just say I would just say I'm just excited to be on this podcast and to hopefully be able to share to be that spark for you if you don't have someone else in your life to be that spark of new hope and new encouragement and to just share what's been given to me um, because I think things that we're given we're not meant to keep them to ourselves we're meant to share them with others um, and so I'm excited to be able to to share my story today and to share other stories of courage and you're just going to be blown away by these people and how they are learning to navigate life through the hard places. And it's just, it's so mind blowing and yeah. yeah I'm excited inspiring. for, for <laughs> what, what's gonna come of this. I am too. It's gonna be a community, I'm sure. I don't mm -hmm. know how we'll do it. I'm sure we'll have all the, you know, Facebook groups yeah. or who knows, yeah. you know, um, but we're gonna make it happen yeah. and uh, we're gonna grow um, with y'all, so. It's gonna be great. And just to, to end also, if you are local to the Nashville area, I do lead a chronic um, illness and conditions support group. So if you're interested in hearing more about that, hit me up, let me know. We're actually meeting this Saturday morning. Um, there's probably about six to eight of us who are gonna meet up, not everybody could come. Um, but in the next month or so, I'm gonna have my friend who's newly dealing with deafness. He's gonna come and share, which is gonna be challenging on its own yeah. because he's gonna speak and he won't be able to hear what we say back to him. So I'm like, well, we're just going to go for it. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear his story. And he's just an amazing human being. Wow. So yeah, cool. hit me up though. 
we'll have all that uh, in the show notes too yep. for you to tap or click on to get information, resources, and we'll put that blog post in there awesome. too. Awesome. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Um, this is the first of many, and uh, we're, we're so excited to do this. Yes, and, we are. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Tell your friends about us, anyone you know that needs some encouragement in their lives, and let us know if you need anything, and can't wait for you to join us for the next one. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like, yeah. Share if, if this story resonated with you or think it could resonate with, with someone else mm-hmm. and just provide a little bit of encouragement, please share. Yes. Um, and uh, we'd love to speak with them, too. Yes, we would. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, well, that's a wrap for yep. episode one. Yeah, we did it. We awesome. Did it. All right. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. We're so grateful that you chose to join us. Our hope is that this podcast can help you or someone you know who may be facing challenging times and that it can serve as a source of encouragement and inspiration. And if you yourself have a story that you want to share with us, please do. You can do that at middle at gmail.com. Special thanks to producer and editor Grant Brotan and Simply Home for making Miracles in the Middle podcast possible.